0: to the holy spirit it doesn't scare me one but you can sit down all these things used to just send chills up you man to sit in front of stand in front of people and and yield to the, the holy spirit and practice his presence is what i call it and uh it can give you the creeps standing up here doing this but when you learn he's really doing something then you sort of just learn to get over it, is as well my wife would tell me but uh you learn to yield and those fleeting thoughts are thoughts from Him, so you can't miss the fleeting thoughts, because He's trying to communicate something, and His way of speaking to us, sometimes it just phew, it passes us right by, or we may feel something, or we may imagine something in our imagination. And we were in a service like this, and I happened to be standing up here, and. Uh, Someone had a word of knowledge, and they came to me and said, "Someone is having esophagus problems; is major in their life. They're close to whatever it is. A doctor saying, you know, you could check out or whatever. Bad surgery. or Already had surgery and stuff." And they said, "The Lord wants to heal them right now." So th- we're live online at that time. We don't have inter- we're believing for internet out here, so we can be back live online. And so I said. There's someone with esophagus problems and the Lord would like to heal you right now. And this guy is over in Kill, Mississippi somewhere near Picayune. And the power of the Holy Ghost came in his room. He's watching us live. And the power of the Holy Ghost came in over that internet connection where he's laying in bed and hit him so hard he started shaking so bad and he fell out of his bed and got up healed. And uh, So when you see those things, he came a few weeks later and testified. So when you hear those things and see those things, it's nothing to say, let's just stand and yield to the Holy Spirit for a minute. Let's just give him opportunity to minister to us. There might be something in your life that he needs to deal with and you need to start working on getting rid of. There might be something that he's wanting to touch in your life. there might be something that happened to you as a child and he was there when it happened to you and he wants to fix it. See, I have a note right here that says, we're recording now, there's someone with a left side injury, possibly a laceration, complications from it, and this last writing is in tongues. (laughs) <laughs> no, it says there's a child. You have to decipher it right But, uh, But that may be you. And the Lord knows that you got hurt as a child and your left side's had problems and complications and He is touching you right now, ministering to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I ought to do today is talk about healing. Wouldn't that be something else? <laughs> thank you, Lord. Say, thank you, Jesus. thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This week, uh, last week, actually, Andrew's wife was attacked with the flu or something like that. She teaches at a uh, children's school, young kids, you know what I mean, whatever, whatever they call the school. It's a Christian Bible where they take care of kids. And... She's around all kinds of stuff all the time. Could you imagine all that's not running all over the place and you all them kids? You, if you don't know me, I'm Paul Perisic and I talk like a normal person. <laughs> I act a little strange and stuff, but, but uh, I'm not v- well polished. I TAUGHT A MESSAGE ONE TIME ON WHO DOES GOD CHOOSE TO USE, AND GOD CHOOSES TO USE, IF YOU LOOK AT IT IN FIRST CORINTHIANS, HE USES MORONS, HE USES PEOPLE WHO ARE UNLEARNED AND EDUCATED, HE USES PEOPLE WHO PEOPLE THINK ARE STUPID, HE USES PEOPLE WHO LOOK, THEY LOOK AT THEM AND THINK, YEAH, RIGHT, ANDREW AND I WERE were STARTING THE MINISTRY AND WE are IN A DIFFERENT CHURCH, THEY WERE LETTING US USE THEIR BUILDING, AND WE WERE BEING OURSELVES, AND THE GUY WHO WAS OVER THE BUILDING, OVER THE MINISTRY THAT WAS LETTING US USE THE building, came to my wife and said, who's the preacher of this, ple- this church? And my wife said, hmm, them too. <laughs> he, he said, they can preach. <laughs> and she told him, you'll just have to experience it. <laughs> and his heart was just won over so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 You know what? You should have had the thought and all of that. There's hope for me. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here's a general rule of thumb, okay, I want to give you. God generally doesn't do a noticeably, it was Him, intervention in our lives unless He is personally requested to. General rule of thumb, okay? I know of times where, like a great preacher I like listening to, he was in a bar drunk. Mom been praying for him for years. God spoke to him in the bar while he's drunk with all his buddies, and said, "I'm calling you to preach. I don't want you ever come back in a place like this. I'm separating you to myself. And today your life changes." And his life changed. That is an intervention right there. But you know what? Someone was personally requesting an intervention for that guy. Amen? Amen. So God doesn't usually just generally intervene in our lives with a "It's me." doing this unless he's requested to. So healing has a big thing to do with us requesting things from him or knowing what his word says. I've found that in healing there's three major areas, okay, where you when you start looking into healing or in divine healing is what we call it, divine meaning coming straight from the hand of the Lord, no man involved, no medicine involved, and God will work with both. I'm so glad he does, okay. And where healing actually takes place, I found there's three major areas or where it is administered to in people's lives by the Lord. There's three major areas. Now remember, I was saying, Pam, Andrew's wife, had the flu attack her. And then Andrew came down with what you would say is the flu. And then Joe, Joe in here? Joe, Stephanie came down with what you would say was the flu. Joe came down with what you would say is a flu, and then Joe got a test sent to him, and they said it was COVID. COVID. My wife says the test for the flu and the test for COVID is the same thing. but Okay, she's a nurse. But uh, he got tested for that, and then lo and behold, Brother Paul starts feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I start singing. Oh, oh. <laughs> And, you know, people would say, it's the devil attacking all of y'all. It's the leadership of the church. The devil's attacking them. I wouldn't give him credit for that if I had to. You could twist my hand behind my back and say, uncle, uncle, tell you it's the devil. It's the devil. I wouldn't say that if I had to. Now, I will say this. First Corinthians says that, or maybe the second Corinthians, I don't have this down pat, that he is the God of this world. God of this world does not mean he's like Jesus who is Lord of heaven and earth. He's the boss. He is God of this world, but Satan is God of the systems of the world, so when Adam sinned and opened the door for physical death, sickness and disease were part of the system he set up so the flu can go through the earth and all of a sudden you get sickness attacking you. Okay, I would be stupid to sit here and say that sickness will never get to me or get to you. I have lived in divine health for many, many years without sickness ever being effectual in my life, but I've got to say that it's had chances at me to pull me down, and I stood my ground and fought. Harder sometimes back then than what I fight right now, it seems like it, because I've learned that these two will come to pass. So I can't say that the devil can come personally. Yeah, I got the flu, buddy, and I'm going to give it to you. But I can say... (laughs) But I can say that these things are part of the system that's in the earth and it passes through and it's transferred and there's ways for us to receive healing from it, deliverance from it, be victorious over it. And the Lord has set up three major areas for that to take place, okay? Along with healing in any area of our lives, all right? Now the three major areas of this, healing for the world, which would be people who are unchurched, who know nothing, who don't ever go to church, who know nothing about the Lord, who live their life completely out of God's will in sin, and they don't know anything. God's provided healing for those people through the name of Jesus. And we happen to be the ones who are graced, imparted with the opportunity to use that name for them. Hallelujah! Isn't that wonderful of him? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, and then there's healing for the Christian who has little or no knowledge of the Word of God, which is a lot of Christians. I mean, if you go to a church that doesn't teach about healing and you go to a church that doesn't teach about healing, so how are you going to know about healing? It's just absolute different thing to you. You don't even know anything about it. You know, you'd be tempted to say, if you go to a church that doesn't teach about healing and you need to change churches, you need to pray for your pastor that he learns about healing so he starts teaching about healing. Amen. And then when the Lord gives you a witness of Sunday ain't never going to change, you need to be somewhere where I need you to grow, then that's when you move. Till then, you pray for the leadership of your church. Glory be to God. Pray for the leadership of your church. If you know you're not supposed to be there, then you need to get out as quick as you can. But if you think you're supposed to be there, you need to stay there until you understand. Hallelujah. And then there's healing for the believer who is striving to enjoy the fullness of being a Christian. Amen? So the first one, healing for the world through the use of the name of Jesus. I want you to turn in your Bible. We use our Bible at the mission. Amen? That's this thing. Sort of old usage. You might have yours in your phone. Amen? However you got your Bible, turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 3, and we're going to read from there. You know, I'll I'll give you a, a scripture to hold on to for your personal life, which is, part of the Great Commission, in Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, or it's to say they shall evict devils. Get out of them in the name of Jesus. That's evicting a devil right there, okay? has to be simple if he told us to do it. They shall uh, speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay there Hands on the sick and they shall recover. So part of the Great Commission is helping people get healed. Okay? Part of the Great Commission is helping people get healed. And people who are of the world, people who have zero knowledge of Scripture, zero knowledge of church, zero knowledge of Jesus, any of that, God has provided a way for them to get healed. And let's look in Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read right here for you. This is bubbling up in my heart. Let me say this to you. Because there's people who have no knowledge of of the Bible or church or church things. And so uh, I preached in a jail for about 10 years. And one of the funniest things was I was giving a teaching, doing a teaching, doing like I'm doing right now. And one of the guys said, can I interrupt you a second? We've been studying. I thought, hallelujah, they've been studying. And he said, we found a scripture that says diverse whatever the scripture said, you know, about divers, D-I-V-E-R-S, and he said, there was scuba divers back then? (laughs) (laughs) And me, I don't I do not (laughs) Being here, that's not what that means. (laughs) He said, what do you mean? They didn't have divers? I said, that's the old English word for diverse or different. See, so we're talking about people who know nothing and Jesus wants to reach them hallelujah so they are open to be reached if we don't be religious to them so learn how to get rid of your Christianese talk and your religious way of doing it and just talk normal to them they understand that a lot more amen okay this is Acts chapter 3 verse 1 now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, or being around three o'clock. So that means church probably started around four o'clock. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Did you catch that? Pre-prayer. okay. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. He was asking for money, right? He wasn't asking for healing. He's asking for... Money. There's no telling how many times Jesus passed by him and didn't give him healing but gave him money. Okay? seen Peter and John, about to go into the temple, and asked in alms. Alms, let me say this right here. Alms is not your tithe. He didn't say, hey, brother, brother, I know you're going in a, in a church and you're going to tithe. Could you give me a little bit of your tithe? You take your tithe and you divide it like that. You no longer. It's no longer a tithe. It's an alms. Your tithe is what you bring to the storehouse. Your alms is what you give to other people or other ministries. Okay, So you can't divide your tithe. That's for somebody. Okay, Who, uh, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked in alms, and Peter fastening eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Other versions of the Bible said, expecting to receive money. Then Peter said, I'm broke, brother. Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have any of it. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So Peter, as much as said, look, I don't have any silver or gold with me, but I do have something. I've got a name that I can give you, that I can use for you. Okay? Peter knew the authority behind the name. Peter knew this guy's asking for something. I'm going to give him something, all right. <laughs> Amen? I used to like saying to folks, I'm fixing to turn you on to something stronger than dope, brother. Amen? I'm be around my dope head friend. So Peter knew the authority, the power behind the name of Jesus. He said, what I have, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the name of Jesus. Then, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. So Peter's trusting in that name that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Peter's got boldness. He's got courage. He said, I use that name on this guy. Now give me a hand and get up and walk. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up and stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was He which sat at alms, or sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto them. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. And the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. So we see here a great picture of Peter using the name of Jesus, probably on someone, and I'm using it as this is a person of the world who has little or no who has no knowledge of church, no knowledge of the Bible. And this guy's right there at the gate. I know it's not the church; it's a temple, but just to mark our thinking, as I'm saying church, okay? He's he, sitting right there at the entrance to the church, and there's people going through praying, and they've been going through there for years and years and years to pray and no one has ever taken a shot at getting this man healed but if you give him a chance Jesus hasn't hadn't been given his life for spiritual death to be removed out of man He hasn't died. He hasn't rose from the grave. He hasn't passed His power on to His people yet. But here it has, and the one who knows that is Peter and John. Thank God they didn't have any money on them. They might have chickened out and said, I got $5 when really the Lord needed them to be broke so Peter would all of a sudden realize, i got to use the name on this guy. AND HE USED THE NAME OF JESUS. AND EVERYBODY RECOGNIZED THAT'S THE GUY WHO HAS LAID THERE FOR YEARS. lame FROM HIS MOTHER'S WOMB, IS THAT HIM? THAT'S HIM. HOW IN THE WORLD DID THAT HAPPEN? HE'S WITH THEM TWO GUYS WHO WERE WITH JESUS ALL THE TIME. AND THEY WERE TOTALLY AMAZED. And then look what Peter says. And when Peter saw that they were doing this, they were wondering about this and marveling about this, Peter answered and said to the people, You men of Israel, why marvel at this? And why look so earnestly on us as though by our own power or our holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob The God of our fathers hath glorified His Son, Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So when someone gets healed, Jesus gets the glory by His Father doing the work. How did this guy get healed? By use of the name of Jesus. Say that one time with me. By use of the name of Jesus, you shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Because now the Holy Ghost is going to be tapping you on the shoulder and saying, I want you to use the name. Amen? Okay? Now look what else Peter says. These are the very guys who he was scared of a few weeks before. A little side note. When Peter got filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost Gave him boldness inside. He took all the fear and chicken and scaredness out of him and all of a sudden Peter's got a big mouth, brother. He's ready to keep. I'm ready to fight it out, brother. I got the Holy Ghost. Shoto ko mama. Re le Amen. He's got enough edification in him that he can face the ones who he was scared of just a few weeks before. And lied, lied, lied in front of them. Amen. Okay, so he's changed. And then listen to what he says. He says... The God of our fathers has glorified a son whom you delivered up and you denied him in the presence of Pilate when Pilate was determined to let him go. When, when Pilate said, we need to let this guy go, they said, you're supposed to say, crucify him, crucify him. <laughs> Amen. These were the people screaming that. I mean, and Pilate saying, let's let the dude go. I don't find anything wrong with him. Yeah, okay. And then he says in verse 14, But you denied the Holy One and the just, and you desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Give us Barabbas. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And look at what he says. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see Him and you know Him. Yes, the faith which is by Him, Jesus, has given Him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all." Can you imagine how eye-opening that was to them? Peter didn't stutter, he didn't use hieroglyphics, he didn't use Christianese, he just said, look man, the dude y'all killed and gave up and." you killed him, you let him go, it was all you who did this. He's raised from the dead in his name, through faith in his name has given this man. Sound. You would think, every one of them would say, I want to know how to use the name. I want to u- know how to use the name. They didn't do that. They, the churchy people, religious people don't do that. You know why? Because they haven't been taught to seek the Lord and learn how to do that. They're taught that this guy standing up here is supposed to be doing that. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're supposed to be using the name. You're supposed to be wondering how Peter did that and learning how to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then look, look in uh, chapter 4, verse 7. And when they had set him in the midst, this is Peter and John, they're in trouble. They brought him down and said, and here's what they asked him. Uh, we want to know by what power or by what name have you done this. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't speak in tongues, so you don't have to speak in tongues just because you feel with the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is a side benefit. That you can say all you want, I'm just as God, as much as the Holy Ghost as you do, and I don't speak in tongues, you don't enjoy all the benefits that I get to enjoy, and I do speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Amen. You may get just as much, he may get just as much juice out of you without you praying in the Spirit, but you get a little more benefit when you do pray in the Spirit. That's where the amen goes. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. It is a good benefit. Okay, then Peter, fill with the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel. So if we were in a church situation and has happened, I'd be saying, you pastors and you deacons and you elders. So Peter's speaking to the big wheels. And he says, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man... And you're asking me, by what means is he made whole? This is my words. I'm going to give you the answer. Have you got your ears open? Are you listening? You bunch of hard-headed, stiff-necks, hard-hearted. Your head is this thick, hard to get through. You got a half an inch between your ears. Are you listening? Because I'm going to tell you how this was done. And Peter says, be it known unto you, all of y'all, and to all people of Israel, By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Did you get that? Healing for the world will work for them when you are willing to use the name of Jesus. Healing for the world will work for them when you're willing to use the name of Jesus. Let me find one more thing here. Oh, verse 9. If we be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole? When you use the name of Jesus for people who know nothing you'll get a good deed done. I say it like this when I'm in a closer group or in a, a, a personal situation. It's easier to get worldly people healed who know nothing than it is to get Christians who've been in church a long time. So when you get the opportunity to pray for someone who knows nothing, pray for them and use the name of Jesus because more than likely they're going to get healed because God's masterstroke to the world healing. I mean he loves healing the worldly people. See because they don't know anything so when he heals them, it is an eye opener. I mean the God of this world touched me. There was a, a, a girl who her dad called me and said, my daughter's on drugs, bad, 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 been on drugs for years, all, all these things, that situation. And she, her leg has went, Limp. I forget what they call it. There's a name for it. Drop foot. Yeah. Her legs, she can't, you know, she can't walk on her leg. There's nothing to it. It's rubber. And he said, would you go pray for her? So it took a few days to get to her. I got chewed out a few times because I didn't make it over there right when they thought I should make it over there. You know what I mean? (laughs) But when I finally made it over there to them, I had someone else with me and we went in and when we went in, we weren't really too welcome in the house. And, uh, but the girl came out, and when she come out, she was holding on the wall, dragging her leg, coming. And uh, she knew me, and I knew her situation. And I said, what we're going to do is we're just going to use the Bible. How about that? And believe God for your healing. All you have to do is just believe what we say and believe you receive it, and then the Lord's going to touch you for it. On drugs, strung out, vulgar mouth, probably whoring around every night, Having sex with everybody they can, doing anything they can, and Jesus wants to touch them. Isn't that nice? That is nice. And so we prayed in the midst of that home that they didn't really like any preachers over there, religious people or whatever. You know, you could just feel it. I couldn't care less about the feeling going on. (sighs) Oh, I'm scared. We need to drive all the unbelievers out of here so that we can get God to move or He ain't going to be able to move because there's people here who don't believe so we prayed for her. You know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we left, and uh, it wasn't a day or so later. The dad called and said, My daughter got healed. She's up and running again, son. <laughs> Isn't that something else? And she's desirous to get off drugs and stuff, and I was driving up 49. I lived in Perkinson at that time, and I was driving up 49, and I hear this car honking. They knew my truck, mong, 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 and I'm thinking, who is this nut coming up on me? And so I, my window's down, and there's a leg hanging out the window of a car, <laughs> and it's the girl yelling, Brother Paul, Brother Paul, look, 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 Zee, as they pass me up. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we were willing to use the name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen? I'm telling you, you shouldn't have been here today because God is going to require of you to start using that name for worldly people. you got to think Jesus healed the vulgar, trash mouth, rude, fornicating, hating, angry, unforgiving, just worldly sinners who were completely out of God's will, and He healed them by the masses. <laughs> Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. He's after them. I mean, if we're not going to be his army, he's got to build one out of somebody. (laughs) Amen? And it's them. They ain't scared of nothing. You get them a Christian, you don't teach them denominational doctrines, you teach them uncompromised word of God, brother, they ain't backing down for nobody. They ain't scared of no devil. They ain't scared to, to reveal who saved them anywhere. Thank you, Lord. 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 So when you use the name of Jesus, when you trust Him, when you rely on the power, you realize it's not your power, it's not your holiness, it's His power, it's His holiness, but He needs to work it through you. I said from the beginning, He generally don't intervene in people's lives unless he's asked to. And you are the contact of his presence. And what he needs you to do for worldly people is just use the name of Jesus. Can you do that? Let me give you another scripture about this. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Peter didn't even do anything. You don't have to turn if you don't want to, but John chapter 14. Uh, I should be able to quote this. John chapter 14, verse 12. Oh, yeah, very, verily I say unto you, he that believes on me, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? He that believes on me, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these. Forget the greater works, man. Just get to where you're, at least you're doing the works he did. I mean, we want to jump over from the works he did and do something greater. I'm Superman. <laughs> At least start where he where he do what he was doing. You know what Jesus did? Jesus spent time in prayer. That's a work he did. Oh, isn't that amazing? I got to spend time in prayer. Jesus went to church regularly because it was his custom to go to church. Oh, you got to be kidding me. I got to be, it's got to be my cousin to go to church. Well, if you want to do the works of Jesus, you got to do what Jesus did, and that's part of his work, was going to church. Jesus knew the word of God, so if you're going to do a work of Jesus, you really need to know scriptures more than you know other things. Amen. So there's some works of Jesus. Okay, and then, and then Jesus said this, The works that I do shall he do also, because I go. and greater works than these you, you do, because I go unto my Father. And then Jesus continues on and he says, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that word ask actually means demand or make a request or require according to the authority that's in my name. That's what it actually means. Whatsoever you shall demand in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, If you shall ask or if you shall demand or you shall require anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. That is one of his commandments, that you use his name. If you love him, you're going to use his name. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandment, and you will make demands in my name. And Peter didn't do any greater work than Jesus did. All he did was one of the works that Jesus did and said to the guy, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk, and took him by the hand and lifted him. Did Peter do that to every single person he came across who was crippled? There's no telling how many times Jesus passed in front of that guy, and Jesus didn't even do it to him. But that time Peter did, and that time he got it. Hallelujah. You know know what we need to do? At least try. I mean, I shared you a story of a girl that uh, is one out of maybe a hundred that I tried and (laughs) hit it. Hey, 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 you Paul. There's no telling how many that I prayed for in between using the name of Jesus. But you know what I do? I use the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, you're required to do this. If there's all of us doing this, then we're going to do better. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. At least try. Then healing for the Christian who has little or no knowledge of the Word of God. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke. In case you don't know where it is, that's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 6. This is healing for the Christian who has little or no knowledge of the Word of God. Verse 46. Verse 46. And Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We just heard something that Jesus told us to do, is make demands on his name. Amen? So don't go call him Lord, 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 Lord. And you're not even t- using his name to help people. Okay, whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to who he's like. He's like a man that, which, which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. The main thing to get out of that is this guy dug deep. That is hard work digging deep. And then he says in verse 49, But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I realize that in my life and in each of our lives, there's areas where we need to get into the Word of God and dig deep, so our foundation in the Word of God is very strong. There's areas where I know I could be better and do better, and my knowledge of God's Word is short in that area, and because it's short in that area, when the storms of life come, I'm subject to fall. That's all of us. Concerning healing, there's a a requirement of us to get into God's Word and learn the healing scriptures and build a foundation of the healing scriptures in our lives so that when the storms of healing come to us, and beat on us we make it through the storm successfully does that mean to say no okay so there's a lot of christians that are churchgoers, which is good and jesus has provided a means to get healing to them because they do not dig deep into his word or they're untaught about healing. They don't know any of the healing scriptures. They don't really even realize that Jesus is, is uh, desirous to heal them. And their thought of healing is, you know, he's the great physician. You know, when we die, we're going to get the ultimate healing. <laughs> okay. Jesus. WANTS TO GET TO HIS CHURCH, AND HE'S PROVIDED HEALING FOR CHRISTIANS WHO HAVE LITTLE OR NO KNOWLEDGE OF HIS WORD, WHO HAVE NOT DUG DEEP. DIGGING DEEP TAKES EFFORT AND IT TAKES TIME. AND IF YOU KNOW YOU AND YOU KNOW ME, DIGGING DEEP IS A BIG REQUIREMENT THAT WE HAVE TO MAKE ourselves DO. And it's not the easiest thing to do. And the whole world system is set up to take your time from you so you have no time to dig deep except come to sit in church. And that's your time of digging, so to speak. All right? I'm talking about healing for, let's say, the carnally-minded Christian. Because the carnally-minded person is someone who totally goes by They're ruled by their senses. They're ruled by what they can see, what they can feel, what they can hear, what they can taste, what they can smell. So if their feelings are out of whack, then they immediately say, I'm sick, I'm going to be sick, I feel something coming on me. So they're governed by that instead of being governed by the scriptures which would tell you to resist the devil or to resist sickness or to come against it and fight against it. Okay, And so I found something that you have to be really gentle with carnally minded Christians when you're dealing with them concerning really any area of life. But when you're dealing with them about healing, I found that I have to be really gentle with them because if you start talking healing to them, then they have a tendency to push back. Instead of desire to pull forward and learn about healing, the church person who is carnally minded, who hasn't been taught anything about healing, they'll push back and it's almost like you're attacking them with trying to give them knowledge of God's Word. And they'll say things like, I'm sick. I ain't going to say I'm healed. Which to us being taught about healing is abnormal, but to them making a confession of, I refuse to receive this sickness is abnormal to them as it is to us to go around saying I'm sick all the time or something like that, okay? So I'm going to show it to you in the Word of God, okay. What Paul has to say about this, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I appreciate y'all turning in y'all's Bible and, and looking these things up. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So we what I found is what I have to do is uh, I have to slowly, 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 Carly minded Christians is plant small amounts of God's Word into them without them realizing what I'm doing. And it takes time so that they don't have anything to fight back on because they don't realize that I'm sowing seeds of healing knowledge in them. And when it's sown into them slowly, they receive it real small, small, small doses. They start receiving it, and before you know it, they have something that they can use to believe with. You see, because you've got to get somewhere in them that they get something to start believing, and that they start believing that it's God's will for them to be healed when any form of sickness or any form of disease comes against their life. The same thing with poverty, the same thing with relationships, the same thing with anything that God's Word has to deal with about our lives. Each of these work the same way. But to the carnally minded person, you have to be real gentle and spoon-feed them small amounts. And look, Paul, Paul shows this right here. This is First Corinthians chapter 3. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto carnal, or as unto spiritual, or as I would say it, mature Christians, okay? People who have knowledge of God's Word. So I had to talk to you as unto carnal, or as unto Worldly people, fleshly minded people, okay? These are my words in this. It doesn't say that in the Bible, but I had to speak unto you as unto carnal, even as unto babies in Christ. It's okay to be a baby, but it's not okay to stay a baby for a year, two years, ten years, twenty years. It'd be absolutely stupid if I walked in here with my, uh, what's my oldest, youngest child now? 40? 38? I'm getting old, ain't I? You know what? He's on my hip. <laughs> And I walk in and I stick a bottle in his mouth. I mean, I'm okay, what about you being a Christian? Should you be having people carry you in and stick God's word bottles in your mouth so you start? And okay, that's what Paul's saying, okay? I have to feed you with milk. It's not bad. I'm telling you, it's not bad, okay? I have fed you with milk. Milk is not bad. And not with meat. For hitherto or up until now, you were not able to bear it, neither now are you able. So Paul's telling them, look, you're still in the same place you were when I started feeding you milk a while back. And he says, here's how I know that you're still in the same place that you were. For you are yet carnal, or fleshly-minded, or worldly-minded. How are we carnal? How are we, Paul? He says, because there's envy and strife among you and divisions. Are you not carnal? AND WALK AS MEN OR WALK LIKE A NORMAL PERSON OF THE WORLD. YOU COULDN'T TELL NO DIFFERENCE FROM THEM FROM A WORLDLY PERSON OF THEM. OKAY? AND THEN HE SAYS, FOR WHILE ONE SAYS, SO HERE'S HOW PAUL'S SAYING, THIS IS THE WAY YOU'RE CARNAL, OR THIS IS THE WAY YOU HAVE ENVY, I'M OF PAUL. Una- OR ANOTHER SAYS, I'M OF Apollos. ARE YOU NOT CARNAL? WHO THEN IS PAUL AND WHO IS Apollos? BUT MINISTERS BY WHOM YOU BELIEVED, EVEN AS THE LORD HAS GIVEN. IN OTHER WORDS, PAUL AND SILAS ARE GIFTS THAT JESUS HAS GIVEN TO THE BODY OF CHRIST. They're either apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers. They're gifts, so their life is a gift to the church. And they're saying, well, Paul ain't my favorite teacher. Apollos is my favorite teacher. I don't even like the way Paul looks. I don't like the way he preaches and talks. I like Apollos. Okay, so then the others are saying the same thing. So they're being envious. They're having strife among them, and they're choosing sides among them. And Paul's saying, look, they're both gifts to the body. Just receive from them. Okay? Some people aren't your cup of tea, some people are on my cup of tea, but I still go and receive from them. And if they put me on full tilt mode, I don't go back to them because I get in an attitude about them. Okay? So, and then Paul says in verse 6, I have planted and Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters, but God that gives the increase. So Paul's saying, look, these people who God uses, they're nothing, they're the vessel that God is using to reach you. So don't worry about Paul or Apollos. You be concerned about what God is doing in you through Paul or Apollos, okay? And then he says, now he that plants and he that waters are one, so we're all in the job together. And everyone shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. I don't care if you're the person who all your job is in the church is when we have an event, you come set up the chairs, and that's all you do your whole life. That's what you're called to do. That's what you should do, and you need to do it with all your heart. And thank God you don't have to do something like I'm doing right now. And you get a reward just as big as anybody else gets because you set the chairs up every single time there's an event. Amen. 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 And that's your thing. Don't worry about the rest. You do what God has called you to do and enjoy it. And then look what Paul says here. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. And then verse 10 is amazing. He says, according to the grace. Grace, we hear all these teachings that isn't actually what grace means. But grace means an importation from God. According to the importation which God gave me, which is given unto me, As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. So Paul is saying, because you're carnal, because you don't have any knowledge of God's Word, little to no knowledge of God's Word, I am wise enough to realize I can't come in here and preach to you all these big things, so I come in here and I feed you milk so you can grow. I don't come blow you away. I don't come past you. I sit here with you, and I give you what you can use to grow by. You know what that is? That is a wise master builder. So when you and I are around Christians who are carnally minded, they know absolutely nothing about the Word of God. They go to a church that teaches little and nothing. All the messages may be great messages, but there's no demands put on them. I put demands on you already this morning. I said, you shouldn't be here, because what you're going to hear, you're going to be required to do it. And one thing you're going to be required to do from now on is use the name of Jesus. Amen? (laughs) So when you get before the Lord... He's going to say, hmm, that moron was up there one morning of mine. I love that moron. He was up there, yeah. Yeah, he aggravates them smart people. Paul is his name. And remember, he told you to use the name, my name. (laughs) We don't want to get caught like that. (laughs) Glory to God. Okay, so to Christians who have little or no knowledge of God's word, Be very kind, very gentle, and you spoon-feed them, and you give them milk, and you give them healing scriptures out of your knowledge of healing scriptures, and you help them. I'll tell you like this. Carnally-minded Christians need people to pray for them. Carnally-minded Christians who have little or no knowledge of God's Word need to have the opportunity of you saying, would you like me to pray for you? Yes, I would. Is it okay if I put my hands on you? I use this all the time. The Bible says, since I believe in the name of Jesus, that I will lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're sick, right? Yes, I'm sick. Okay, if I put my hands on you, then Jesus will work through me into you and he'll start ministering healing to you. Is it okay with you that we do that? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm putting my hands on you. And then you pray. And you pray a scripture prayer. Jesus, you said you bore our sicknesses. You carried our diseases and with your stripes. You're he- we're healed, so I'm laying my hands on this person out of obedience to you that you can use your power into them, and they're willing for you to do that. Thank you for healing them, Jesus. Thank you for confirming your word with the healing sign following. They need that. They need to feel the hands. They need to hear the prayer. They need to heal the scripture. They need to feel the anointing oil get put on them. They need these things done to them. We've got to help them. Don't go beyond where they are. Amen? James put it this way. He says, Is is any afflicted among you? Let him pray. Sickness can be considered an affliction. So they could pray. And then he goes on to say, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If they have said, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord, then they're righteous. They may not know they're righteous. They may not know that they can pray, Jesus, I believe I received my healing. You bore my sickness. They may not know that, but if they knew those things, they could pray, and their prayer would be just as powerful as you or anybody else praying for them. It could be the biggest preacher you know on TV praying for them. Their prayer is just as powerful. They just don't know that. So they need you and me. And Jesus has provided healing for them through you and me. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Then healing for the believer who is striving to enjoy the fullness of being a Christian. In Luke chapter 6, remember I said Jesus likened these people who hear these sayings of His and do them as to someone who's building a house and they dig deep? Okay, Christians who really want to enjoy the fullness of being a Christian are dig deep people. I remember the first time I heard, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses and with His stripes we are healed. I thought... We are healed. And then I heard the scriptures of Jesus healed. And Jesus healed them all. And then I heard other scriptures like that. I thought, God heals? Healing's for me? And then I believed God for teaching on it. And God sent me teaching on it, it was cassettes back then. And I learned healing scriptures. And man, sickness came and attacked me. I've never had... well, I had hives since then one time. Hoo-wee, Them things are tough, brother. <laughs> and uh, I had, I guess, what broke out on me, and I'm sitting there co- doing my healing con- scripture confession, and I'm sick, 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 sick bad. I've had six or seven blankets on me. I asked my wife, lay on top of me. I am so I need your help, warm me uh. And uh, so the next morning I went to the doctor, and I'd been standing on the healing scriptures, standing on the healing scriptures. By the time I got to the doctor, all the symptoms were gone, and the stuff was gone, and the doctor said, well, I really can't find anything wrong with you. See, you might as well go, so I just went to work. (laughs) But it was an attack. Amen? Amen. And you know what I had to do? Since I had dug deep, I had something to work with. I had a foundation to work with, and because I was using the healing scriptures, the healing just, I didn't even know how it happened. The word works. Jesus confirmed His word with signs following. He had something to work with to fulfill and to bring the path and He did in my life. And that was my first time of learning about healing. So we as mature Christians or we're Christians, we have to be dig deep Christians in each area of our life. And I'm talking about healing. So you need to dig deep and learn the scriptures that talk about healing. And you've got access to them now by just pulling out your phone and saying, uh. Give me a list of healing scriptures. And even Siri knows them. <laughs> Amen? Okay, so you being a mature Christian, you have to be willing to dig deep. You have to be willing to set your pet peeves down, which is your whatever it is, sports, sports. Uh, Shopping or all that, whatever those things are, you have to be willing to lay them down long enough to get some digging done. Did you get that? Hallelujah. Whether it's getting up early or whatever, okay? Dig deep. And if you want to avoid most sickness or if you want to stop the attacks of sickness or get through a sickness faster, you know what you do? You learn the healing scriptures. Amen? You learn the healing scriptures. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. It does not say that. For me to sit here and tell you there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus is absolutely 100% wrong. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but who walk after the Spirit. They're joined together. You can't eliminate one. Because if you start walking out to that flesh, there's condemnation all over the place. And we're talking about healing. So if you start walking out to the flesh and sickness comes to you and you stay with the flesh, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Oh, it's in my sinus. It's, it's going to drop down. in. I feel it in my throat now. If it drops in my lungs, that could be bad. I could have pneumonia. And if I get pneumonia, I might need to go to the emergency room. And if i got to go to the emergency room, I'm going to miss work. And if I miss work, I'm going to be laid on my bills. And if I'm laid on my bills, then I'm going to lose my house. And I'm going to lose my car. And I just see it coming, Lord. Oh, dear Lord. That's what, <laughs> okay? If you walk out of the flesh, there's all kinds of condemnation to you. So you cannot walk out of the flesh. That has to do with every area of our life. Amen? Money, friendships. Everything. Learn the Word. Learn the Word and be a do of the Word. And then he says this, Romans 8, 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. These are two laws. Laws are already in operation. Gravity is in operation. I just supersede gravity when I walk and when I drive and when I do things. The airplane supersedes gravity, but gravity is still in motion. Okay, so there's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You have to partake of that law to get the advantage that it has given to us so that it supersedes the law that was set in motion when sin took place and death was given an open door to the human race. The law of the Spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. Both of them are in operation. The one you partake of is the one that you're allowing to rule your life and overcome you. You can override the law of sin and death. You can override sickness with the healing scriptures. It may take a little while. You know, I I told you all of us were feeling the effects of sickness last week. But we all overrode it by believing and trusting in Jesus and trusting His Word and standing on His Word and realizing, okay, this isn't personally the devil. This is just something that I got hold of or got hold of me and I refuse to give you place in my life. How dare you, flesh, accept this stuff. Did I tell you you could have the flu? I did not, did I? Now you leave and you get out of my body, flu, and body, you start telling this stuff, you got to get out of here too. Soul, you might as well join with us cuz we got the victory. Two laws in motion right there. The law of the spirit of life will set you free from the law of the, the effects of the law of sin and death. You're the one who has to be the deciding factor of which one is ruling and reigning in your life. Amen. As an active member or someone who is a Christian who is digging deep, you don't have time to be of Thomas's faith. Thomas said, "I'll only believe when yeah, right, Jesus is raised from the dead, sure but. Yeah, healing's for me, sure but I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm still sick. I still feel bad." Thomas's faith. Thomas said, "I want to see his hands and I'm going to put my finger in the holes of his hand." And when I do, when I thrust my hand, that's when I'll believe. And all of a sudden Jesus appears. Uh Uh-oh, me and my big mouth. (laughs) Jesus is so cool. Come here, big mouth. Stick your finger in my hand. (laughs) Amen. And then he says, Thomas, don't be faithless. Anybody can believe what they can't see. I mean, what they can see. Blessed are those who believe what they have not seen. So for you and I to be feeling the effects of sickness or having a disease attack us, while we're going through that, we stand our ground. This sickness is not unto death. This isn't going to take me out. I command this stuff to leave me. Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. Lord, you said you would restore health to me and heal my wounds. This stuff has hurt me bad, Lord. It has really put me down. But I'm going to rise back up because you're restoring health to me. You're healing my wounds. Your word is life to me because I found it. Your word is health to all my flesh. It's medicine. So I'm taking my medicine, Lord. By your stripes I'm healed. The Holy Ghost lives in me and fixes my mortal body. I receive your healing power. I receive your healing power. I receive your healing power. Amen. You use, you're a mature Christian. You're a dig deeper person. And you use the word for yourself. And if you need help, you know what you do? You call for help. You cannot be so hard-headed and stubborn and not let people know that you're going through something. And I need you to pray for me, brother. I need you to stand with me. But don't want them to give you a treatment and they're doing all the work and they're doing all the believing and you're laying there wanting them to do everything for you. Everything for you. You've got to be believing with them. You've got to be of Abraham's faith who against hope Believed in hope, Lord. This looks, this looks bad. I had cancer attack me, and I was on the bed, and I was close to kicking the bucket several times. And my wife just loved me through it and believed with me and laid her hands on me and would sing to me. And I'd be crying, and she'd make me get up. Paul, you're gonna live through this. It's gonna be okay. And she'd walk me down the hall. I can't walk, that. I can't walk. You can walk. And she would get me up, and we'd be walking down the hall, and my little booties showing, and their things open. You know what I mean? And people would come by, and she's just singing hymns and singing songs. And someone would come by and say, "Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, can I help your husband?" And I'd say, "I'm no longer dignified in any way. It don't bug me." And they'd tie me up, and we went through it, and we went through. It. I needed help. I had intercessors praying for me, and any time I was asked, I'd say. I've called upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be. And he saved me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's Abraham's faith. Who against hope believed in hope. I'll make it through this. It may be hard right now, but I'm going to make it. That's what mature Christians do. Thank you, Jesus. I'll give you one more scripture and then we'll close. Tell you what, I'll give you two more scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. That's one of them. And in uh, 1 Peter six twelve: Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Did you hear that? He said, "You lay hold on eternal. You grab eternal. You know what eternal life is Zoe in the Greek. It means self-energizing, self-sustaining, self-existing life, which is really the life and nature of God. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. Grab a hold of God's life and God's nature. Remember Peter said, uh, he said, partake of the divine nature by your use of faith. So you grab hold of that nature by the word of God and you hold on to God's word and he says, fight the good, fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. You are called to do this whereunto you are also called. You're call, if you're a mature Christian, you are required, this is part of your equipment, to fight and to lay hold on God's life and nature. And he says, and to profess a good profession before many witnesses. People look at you and say, you look bad, brother. That's okay. The day's coming where I'll look better because God's Word is at work in me. Amen? So, we can't be so silly that we don't realize that sometimes sickness comes to us. Amen? Amen. It comes. You young whippersnappers and you got good health condition and you're able to say, I'll never get sick, and I'll never all this. Say it. Say it, say it, say it, and live it, live it, live it. But us who sometimes it happens to, you know what we got to do? Use the Word. Have knowledge of God's Word. Dig deep. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Use God's Word. 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 Because if you want to get to the other side of sickness or disease attacking you successfully, or if you want to get there a lot faster, then you have to learn right now how to use God's word, how to keep your spirit strong, and how to overcome by faith. Those can't be just cliches that you say. Well, brother, I'm a world of over- this is a victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. Those can't be just cliches. They have to be a living, working reality in our lives. Amen? Here's the pattern. Sickness attacks you. First thing you do is you communicate with headquarters. Communicate with the Heavenly Father. Next thing you do is release the Word of God out of your heart, out of your mouth. So Jesus has something to bring to pass. No use some word. If you don't know something to say healing-wise, call somebody who does. Brother, I'm having this attack. Brother, I'm always broke. Give me a financial scripture. Brother, I'm always whatever it is. We're talking about sickness right now. Brother, uh, sickness has attacked me. Give me some healing scriptures. That's the easiest way to do it. And you know, when they give you healing scriptures, they're probably going to give you a testimony with it. The testimony doesn't give you faith, but the testimony encourages you to use your faith. Faith comes by AND HEARING BY THE WORD OF GOD. TESTIMONY GIVES YOU SOMETHING THAT YOU CAN SAY, I CAN DO IT TOO. HALLELUJAH. AND THEN AFTER THAT, YOU STAND, AND YOU STAND, AND YOU STAND, AND HAVING DONE ALL the STAND, YOU STAND, AND IF NEED BE, GO GET YOU SOME NYQUIL OR SOME WHATEVER IT IS THAT YOU ASPIRIN, AND DON'T BE UPSET THAT YOU DID THAT. THANK GOD FOR HELP. (laughs) AMEN? THANK GOD FOR HELP. We would be silly to let stuff just stay as long as it can. Get it out of there at all costs. Father, I thank you and praise you for your word. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you that you do desire to hasten to perform your word and that you love healing us, you love healing immature Christians and you love healing the world. Thank you that you've given us the name of Jesus. Thank you that you've given us knowledge that we can share with others and hands that we can lay on others. And thank you that you've given us your word that we can put in our heart so we're spiritually fit and spiritually strong to overcome anything that the devil or the systems that are in place comes at us with. We receive your help in Jesus' name. Amen.